something wrong with the TV. It's all messed up. I wonder what that means. Well, what could it mean? It could be over in a couple of hours. You know something. I'm sure this will turn out to be a big nothing. We'll look back on this one day and laugh, I guarantee you. I think that ship is heading towards us. Holy. What? What, what, what does that mean? We shouldn't speculate. Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? I don't want to panic over nothing. I don't think this is nothing. So should we start panicking or is this really nothing? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I'm Sheila Amato and I'm joined by my wife, Kimberly, and together we are your hosts. We're glad you can join us. And as always from the trailer, you can tell what movie we're covering in this episode. We are covering Leave the World Behind. Yeah, this film launched on Netflix on December 8th, 2023, and we are recording this a day after we saw it. So hopefully by the time this drops, you would have seen it as well. But if not, uh, you will actually be spoiled. So be forewarned. And before we get into our little discussion, um, even though we've had some bonus episodes of like 3A and whatever else, guess what this is? I know, I know, I know. What is it? It is our 100th episode! Yay! Yay! Woo! So thank you, uh, thank you, thank you for everyone that has uh, tuned in to every single episode. and uh, Or if you're just tuning in for the first one, if you listen, like it, please subscribe. Uh, really, we love what we do. Yeah. And who would have thought? Right? I didn't, I, did, I didn't think we would make it this far. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very proud that we have. But just jumping into the film, uh, news updates, little movie facts. So first is the tagline. It was a very interesting and thought-provoking one. Uh, it's very simple. It just says, there's no going back to normal. And we'll go into detail as to what that means in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it premiered at AFI Fest on October 25th. And then it was released to select theaters on November 22nd, 2023. That's interesting because I read that somewhere too, but I couldn't find anything about their box office release numbers. Yeah, I didn't see that either. I did look, but I do believe, and please someone correct me if I'm wrong, I think this could be for film award seasons like maybe you have to be in a theater for x number of days in order Mm. to be considered for like an oscar that that's that actually is plausible and logical if that's true i want to say that that's the thing but again who the heck knows going on to the synopsis from imdb it's just very simple a family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door and those two strangers turn out to be the owners of the luxury home, the father, G.H. Scott, and his daughter, Ruth. The renters, the Sanford family, especially Amanda, is distrustful of G.H. and Ruth. And as they collectively try to figure out what's going on, all communications go out. And there's no way out of the island because all of the technological devices and navigation systems, from cell phones to TVs to cars... Oil tankers and airplanes go awry. So as the city is bombed and goes up in flames, the Sanford and the Scots will need to figure out how to trust each other and rely on each other as they navigate this post-apocalyptic world devoid of everyday technology. And this is where I just put, if you have an emergency, quack it. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. So we're just going to go right into the film's message. Okay. It's uh, it's very dark. 
It's gritty. It's very pointed. And the message kind of needles at the back of my mind, I can say daily. Mm. Uh, It's very thought-provoking masterpiece as far as what the thought is throughout the film. The film was shot on Long Island, where we, we live. And just to clarify, if anybody doesn't know the geography of Long Island, Manhattan, Staten Island. Manhattan is an island. Staten Island is south of it, its own island. Mm -hmm. There are bridges connecting. Mm -hmm. And Long Island is Suffolk County, which is the longest part of it. Then you have Nassau County, which is central. Mm -hmm. Then you have Queens, which is the northern side, and Brooklyn, which is the southern of the the section. And they are considered part of the five boroughs of New York City area. But they are... Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah, Brooklyn and Queens, sorry. But they are physically on Long Island. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you ever wonder why you've got to go across a bridge or whatever, it's because they're physically on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So it is very thought provoking because having lived through Superstorm Sandy, uh, which was a a once in a lifetime storm, having lived through the Northeast blackout where trains stopped, I was stuck on a train and had to find my way home. I was in the middle of Queens. Yeah. And I was in Manhattan waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And I was actually... This was when I was still living in a high-rise apartment building. And when the power went out, the elevators go out. And I was on the 16th 16th floor of a 17th floor building. I had to go up the stairs and there was no emergency lights. I remember it being so dark in there. You know, now they have the uh, glow-in-the-dark, like, tape, Mm -hmm. so that at least if it does go out, you have a little bit of light. And our cell phones at this point have bright screens and flashlights. Back then, if you had a cell phone, I don't even think my cell phone had a camera on it yet. No. I don't remember, but I had a little Nokia that was like the size of my thumb because we thought smaller was better back then. I didn't even have a cell phone. No, you didn't. But, you know, you could light the screen and Mm -hmm. I couldn't get a call out. Yeah, Uh, because the lines were so busy because it was the Northeast was pretty much out. So having lived through those, this is a thought that is always in my mind, because I do know as an island and and this is depicted Mm -hmm. with the Teslas that smash the cars, you can't get off Long Island. Yeah. Anybody that knows us when we travel and we're driving will say, oh, we're leaving at four or five in the morning. To avoid traffic. traffic. Yeah, not because we need the extra time. But when you add traffic... It's two to three hours to get off just to the island Mm because you have to get through the city. Mm -hmm. And that is heavy traffic. So anybody who knows Long Island or who depicts it and and, and shows it, that is very accurate. It is very terrifying to be trapped somewhere. And unlike mainland, you can drive somewhere. Mm -hmm. You can go somewhere. We can't. What we have and what we own or can hoard is all we have yeah which is why it, during covid it was so hard to get food here mm-hmm. it's the wild west when you don't have things and you need things and those who have it have more power than you supply and demand yeah so that is very accurate you know between danny having the medicine and archie needing the medicine mm-hmm. protecting their own he had the power he had everything he's a prepper so he had power um so that's an it's an interesting delivery yeah uh, the thing that really got me in this film, it, it, it's actually in that scene that you were just describing. Um, it's when we finally figure out that the that the attack is based on a three pronged. Did we figure it out, or is this an assumption on GH's part? Because it's the thing that his client was most afraid of when he moved money around. But when someone tells you a theory, and then you actually see it happening. 
I think that he had drawn the conclusion that that is what's happening. Okay, so this is his drawn conclusion, though. This is his drawn conclusion, to to put a fine point on it, that the three-pronged attack for step one is isolation. So that means that everybody's cut off from everybody else, right? It just so happens that the Sanfords decided to impromptu vacation. They left, they rented this Airbnb on the island just to get away from people. And they ended up being isolated because, as you were just saying, they couldn't get off the island once everything went kaput, right? All the communications went out. And because there are no communications, there's no information, then there's a big void there. And with that void, any little type of information that comes through gets overblown. Because then you're like, okay, if A is true, then maybe B is true as well. Then what are we going to do? But you don't have any proof that that's that's what's going to happen. So it's this chaos, and this is stage two, where everything is upside down. We're in the upside down. Yeah, except the demigorgon isn't coming to scare us. What is more scary is... <laughs> well, this is a little bit more scary, I think, mm. when the, your everyday things that you rely on are no longer there, mm-hmm. right? Stage three is the coup d'etat. Mm-hmm. Or as you had actually mentioned before it was said, civil war. Yeah. Right? Because after all of the chaos happens, then we just fight each other because there's just nothing left. We are distrusting everybody because we don't have the information and we destroy ourselves. And stage three costs no money. It's the most cost-effective attack, I believe he said. The, the three-pronged uh, this three the most, prong yeah, attack. The three-pronged attack is the most cost-effective way to topple an entire government. Right. And if you think about it logically, stage one is already done in this country. We've isolated everybody. We are making them versus us. We have income equality. We have gender inequality. We have a war on women's health care. Mm-hmm. This whole country, like all of these divides and labels and everything have already been stipulated upon us. Mm-hmm. And it is being done in a way to divide us, to keep us apart. And then you add the synchronized chaos, organized chaos, however you want to refer to it. All we have to do is look at social media platforms to see how easily misinformation flies. Yeah, it's easier to have your own echo chamber because then you can find the information that you're looking for to validate what you think, even though it might not be factual. Yeah, the fact is around the world, clickbait makes money Mm -hmm. because you have ads on those pages. And for every time somebody clicks something or posts something or goes somewhere and believes something, it can lead to money for you. Mm -hmm. I think it was Mark Twain who said, uh, a lie can traverse the world as the truth is tying its shoes. And I think I've said that before. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. The fact is, that is what is happening. Because that's more sensational. Yes. It gets more headlines. If... I think the best way to describe this is if your news media channel literally has entertainment in the word, you need to really think long and hard about what you're watching. Because in the fine print at the very, very end, it says opinion purposes only. This is meant for entertainment. It's not based on anything factual. It is a snippet that they took and made sensational in order to present to you. And there are a lot of talking head shows that do that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of morning shows that do that. Yeah. So you really do need to read between the lines. And unfortunately, with all of this information at your fingertips, if you put something into Google or you put something into social media, you are getting back, like you said, the echo chamber. You need to be able to read through and decipher. And people don't have the patience to do that. 
Yes, they don't have the patience for that. But there's also the fact that there's so much information and you touched on it. There's so much information overload that it's sometimes very hard to decipher which is true and which is not. So unless it's actually in front of you where it says, you know, this is for entertainment purposes only. But it's never going to right? be because it's profit. I, I understand that. I'm just saying that we're in a catch-22. Hmm. We have to be a little bit more discerning about the type of information that we want to digest. Um, and just to segue a little bit, what you just said there actually reminds me of the book that you wrote, Enemy. And since this is our podcast, yes, I am plugging my wife's book, Enemy. The reason why I think that is because when people are not learning from history, then they're doomed to repeat the same mistake. Mm-hmm. And when you wrote Enemy, it was because of you know, to the 2016 election and all of that. And then you were telling me there were people who read the book and they said, how did you know, right? Because there were certain things that happened after that. I should also preface, the book has certain things that involve an insurrection and I released it in December of 2020. And then 1-6 happened. Right. A month later. Right. I also, in the book, say that Roe v. Wade was overturned, I think, right before the Civil War. Yes. And Roe v. Wade actually has And people told me I was foolish for saying that that would happen. Right. So the parallel that I'm drawing here is that if you are astute enough and you are looking at things objectively, you can see patterns and you've always been great at seeing patterns. I always like look at you when you tell me something like, huh, how did, how did that happen? And then it happens. And I'm like, wow, it blows my mind because I don't see patterns that way. Maybe it's because of your psychology degree, you're able to see that. It's very awesome to see, but it's also very scary because that means that we are at the verge of possibly a civil war if we don't change the course. I think it is psychology because the one thing I've always done is people watch. Mm. And see, I don't. I'm like, no, people have their own business and I'm not going to look. Well, I don't try to get involved no, in people's business. I, but, but I'm I'm saying that yeah. I avoid that. You happen to observe it. Not that you're being intrusive. Uh, intrusive. Yeah. You observe. But the thing is, you do start to see patterns. And I am old enough now that certain patterns are coming back around. Uh-huh. And you start going, huh, I remember when that happened when I was a kid. And I I never understood my parents when they said that, but we repeated some of their mistakes. Right. And some of it is the normal stuff you go through with growing pains. You know, Amanda, you know, Ruth, Danny, the, you know, GH, uh, all of them all have of them their own much, yeah. preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. And that is things that they have garnered from their experiences. So when you look back at humanity and you just watch people, you can see how their experiences have affected them and changed them. And sometimes you can grow through it and you can change because even though you might still be facing the ebb and flow of negativity, there's always an up. Right. And that's actually what I wanted to bring up is because the with the prejudices, right, it was front and center for me watching this film that if we just put aside our prejudices, that we can actually find that we have more in common mm-hmm. than we have differences. And it was personified beautifully, I thought, by Amanda and by Ruth, because in the beginning, they were just at odds, right? They didn't trust each other. But then towards the end, Amanda actually saved Ruth from all of the deer that that looked like it was going to attack her. Mm-hmm. And so they then form a bond because they realized 
that even though they don't agree on much, and Ruth actually said this, I don't agree with you a lot, mm-hmm. but what Amanda said in the film, her monologue, she agrees with, mm-hmm. that we are deluding ourselves. We live in a delusion, and it's a mass delusion yes. that we have provided So for that ourselves. we can live with ourselves. Yeah, so we can accept what we're doing to the planet, to each other, to everything. Mm-hmm. It's like a rationalization of bad behavior yeah. with no ramifications. You know, there's so no there's, accountability. There's no accountability. And again, psychology, when you are watching all of this happened, you're seeing how dictators came to power and how they manipulated the media and then they manipulated people and then they gave someone something to blame. Uh-huh. So you had, oh, it's their fault. You have a lightning rod. Yeah, and that lightning rod leads to other things. It's easy to divide people. Yeah. But it's not easy to grow in a mistake. Like Amanda says, I don't like who I am. This is who I am because of my you know, experience, because of my job. My job is to watch people and lie to them. You so see, just to clarify, she is a marketing yes, executive. She so. works in marketing, but her job is literally to watch people and to lie to them about what they need that they don't really need. Yeah. And then you have Ruth from an affluent family who deals with racism, who has all of this other experience that they don't see eye to eye. When the deer are about to attack, or we're assuming they are about to attack, she could go run after her daughter, and Amanda instead runs down the hill back to Ruth and starts screaming at the deer, which is kind of funny, Yeah, and scares them away, and then pulls this girl into her chest and says, it's okay, I've got you, we're in this together. Yeah, because she was also scared herself, yeah. right? I but, mean, but the point is, their common ground is yeah. they have differences. They're human. Mm-hmm. The themes were good. Yeah. The one thing that I also want to point out is um, towards the beginning of the film, when Clay, who is a a professor, an English and media professor, I believe it was, he was saying that his student is writing a book about media, and and the student wants him to write the foreword, and it's about the fact that media quote serves as an escape and a reflection, end quote. It's a form of entertainment, right? That's how you escape. But it's also a reflection of the world we live in. And so, you know, it's a commentary on how far we've come, how far we are going overboard. I thought that that was a really cool dichotomy of theme within the theme. Yes. So speaking of themes, I I don't want to spend too much time on these themes. Mm-hmm. I think we can we should just kind of pump them out real quick. Okay. The first is Friends, the TV show. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a very the theme song I'll be there for you. I think it's very powerful and I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. We need to be there for one another. We need to support one another because if we're not when everything goes wrong, you know, you're alone. Mm-hmm. Um I think the old adage, and I, I don't know who to credit it to, is united we stand, divided we fall. But when I was a child, there used to be a game Red Rover, and you would clasp your hands together with the person next to you, and then you would say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Sheila Amato over. And then Sheila, you, would run across the lawn, and your whole premise is to break the bond of the two people holding hands. You wouldn't break your wrists with no. that? Well, no, because if somebody hit you, you would let go if it hurt. But I've the, never played this game. Okay, well, the point Sounds is... Sounds violent. Throughout the entire thing, you have to trust that your neighbor is going to hold firm as well, no Mm. matter what happens. And they have to trust you to do the same. And it's just like humanity. If we stand together, united as one, 
if we said that healthcare needed to be universal in this country, it would happen. Why isn't it happening? Because we have misinformation that continuously tell people what the debt's going to be and entitlement programs. People, let me just literally throw this out there. There's no such thing as an entitlement program. Your Social Security check and your Medicare all come out of your paycheck. It is your money going into the government that you are entitled to get back. That is not an entitlement. You've worked for it. You so paid it. You paid it. So that's your money. So please Google it, look it up, research it if you don't believe me. But seriously, it's not an entitlement program. That is such a piece of <laughs> I so had to stop myself from cursing because I beeped too early. But anyway, the point is, that's why nothing gets done. It's the watch my right hand while my left hand is picking your pocket. Mm. Um, so to also put through um, a theme here that really hit me is that we're so dependent on technology. Yes. Right? So when Clay was driving around and he didn't have uh, the GPS and he was lost, mm-hmm. that that would be me. That is exactly me because I do not know how to get from point A to point B without the GPS anymore. I used to read a map, a road atlas, but now it would be a little bit harder to try to do that. But I think you would get it back because we're the last generation that can do analog and digital. Like we we were on that, that, that cusp or whatever. Yeah. So I think you would get it back, but it would take time. The question is, where could you actually find an up-to-date map that's been printed? Uh, Yeah, that is the question. So unless you do that, and if you don't have technology and you don't have the internet and you don't have communications, you're not going to get that map. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's scary. But the, the point is, we could adapt. Yeah. So moving from technology to something else, because we're, we're scuba divers, and this was the other thing that really hit me. When they did a shot of the beach, and it was littered with just garbage. Which is really sad, because that is how it is. That I don't is know if some is. of it is washing up, or if it's also people and washing up, or whatever. But there's but literally still, a floating island of garbage in the ocean. Yeah. And in some in some other foreign countries, garbage is actually wash, like washing up to shore, mm-hmm. right? So it's, uh, I'm sure that if you Google it, you'll, you'll see it. But the fact that humans are killing the earth, and if we don't do something about it, and, you know, being carbon neutral by 2050 is not going to do it. We need to do something about it now, because otherwise we're just not going to make it. We're going to kill the earth, and then we're going to have to be underground because... Climate enemy. Exactly. Being up top is going to be too much because we've burned off the 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 atmosphere and the sun's rays are going to burn us it's it's possible it is i am just very it makes me very worried because we're seeing the effects of it now with all of the superstorm sandies Mm -hmm. or the ice storms or texas in texas it's very scary but that also goes to me into that cyber attack map Mm. and i know this seems like a really weird connection but the cyber attack map showed all of the grids and everything else that got knocked out, all of the things nationwide that were knocked out. Mm. And if you notice, there were dark red hotspots. And then there was a lot of light pink. Mm. That's because people vote, not land. Mm. That's what this film is saying. Think about how anything you do affects your fellow man, because the greater good is for humanity to work as one. Right. Um, and I want to just make a, a comment about the color, because I, I saw this juxtaposed a lot where red is bad and blue is actually safe. Red is my favorite color, so I refuse to acknowledge your (laughs) assertion. That's okay. I just wanted to put that out there. Of course you did. Well, then I'm just going to switch right to the bad. Okay. Because there's a lot that the film tried to do, Mm -hmm. and it didn't do it. Like, there's a reason we're only mentioning themes here. 
But there's a reason we're mentioning all this other stuff. And that's because number one, it's just too long. If it was a little tighter, I think the message would land a little bit better. Maybe. But you're right. There are also a lot of camera angles, especially the ones where the camera was spinning. Oh, you mean like up the staircase? Up the staircase. That really made me dizzy. And it maybe, made me nauseous. Maybe that was the point, but I just like, ooh, that's taking me out of this film a lot. Now, the thing is, with the, the spinny mm-hmm. shots, I'll just call them, mm-hmm. um, I understand they're a way to make you feel uneasy and uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, you use it once for effect, cool. You use it twice. <sighs> By the time you're using it multiple shots, multiple times, the effect is gone. Yeah, there were some shots that I thought was really cool with that, where it was going from the inside to the outside shot, and it was a fluid shot. I thought that that was cool. But yes, to your point, by the 20th time that that was done, it was kind of like, okay, we got it. Understood. Yeah, it's like, seriously, I just flipped my phone open and was looking at the NFL stuff. Really? Um, Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, The characters are caricatures. Mm. I mean, as somebody who understands what they're trying to do, these characters were such pathetic cookie cutters of humanity that I had no interest in any of them. And again, maybe that's the point because that's how we view people through social media and through television screens and cell phones and computer screens. But at the end of the day, human beings are 3D and this was so thin that I literally was like, oh, they're going to say this now. They're going to do this now. It was so predictable. And maybe that was a point because we were going to leave them behind. <sighs> maybe. No? Look, I'm trying here. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I think the, the thing that got me was that there were too many open questions and that we never got resolutions for some of the things that they put out. Oh, you mean like the bug bite on his ankle that we don't even yeah. look at again to see what it does? Was it was it that that caused it or was it the sounds? I mean, From that military weapon that right. may have been used in Cuba? All of them were exposed to the sound, but mm-hmm. he was the only one with the bite. So, mm-hmm. you know, it would be logical for anybody watching that to say, okay, that was the bug bite because no one's yep. teeth fell out. Mm-hmm. But th- that's not very But Danny clear. then says, no, it's, it's the sound because I read that it happened in Cuba and it did this. And okay, the plane's crashing into the island. As somebody who's lived here my whole life, in the middle of the night when everything is quiet, we hear the Long Island Railroad. Yes, I can vouch for that. Okay. When we're sitting out back having a barbecue, you hear the 747s or Airbuses or whatever the heck the freaking planes are flying overhead. If it has been two days and there is a huge cyber attack and the entire country is down, why are these massive jumbo jets still flying to this country? There's so much that falls outside the realm of disbelief. And if it was just the United States, why are planes even trying to fly here? Because there weren't any planes landing here after Superstorm Sandy for a while. During the blackout, oh, wait, you know what? There was not a lot of planes flying in until we got, there's no light. Right. But there was no communications. So there's no satellites. So there's nothing else. Why are they taking the planes off the ground and flying to a country that is completely offline? Right. And then the door stops an entire explosion of a jumbo jet with fuel. Uh, Suspension of disbelief. No. But the point that I was trying to make with this is that it was thoroughly unsatisfying because there's just no resolution to some of these questions. And I think you'd agree the ending being open is one thing, but none of those tendrils were closed or even given an inkling of closure, like with the bug bite, if they had looked at the bug bite and they said, oh, it's got a ring on it or mm-hmm. it's got like a black line going up, whatever, it would 
give you an indication that maybe it's the bug bite. If there was nothing there and the bug bite was already gone, then you'd be like, oh, it's not the bug bite. Right. And the fact that he had a fever and I thought that he, you know, when it was the morning and he wasn't moving, I thought, oh my God, he's dead. Yeah, but I was thinking like Lyme disease or something because that could cause fevers, can't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. That's why I was like, oh, that bug looked vicious. I understand maybe it's the realm of disbelief, but look at the bug bite. Just look. Show me them looking at it. You can literally show me a spinny effect up a staircase, but you can't show me a bug bite. But you zoomed in on his ankle to show him pull the bug off and like this really weird, like slimy thing, Mm. too. Well, I have a theory about the spinny shots, but I don't think I'm going to go there. You sure? Okay, I'm going to go there. Okay. It's almost like it's showing how the satellites might be looking down on us, right? Because it's in orbit. But again, the satellites have been offline. And so I don't know if that the reason why it's so often is that because it is just spinning out of control. I was thinking it was trying to showcase that life is out of our control and that our equilibrium, you know, is always off because we cannot control everything around us except ourselves. Mm. The problem is it's been used so much that even if any of our theories were accurate, it's lost. It's meaningless. Yeah. Mm. So just just go into the cute. Um, I can only think about one cute. Okay. And that is when Amanda was shocked that Rosie was actually watching episodes of the West Wing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Rosie said, uh, only the Aaron Sorkin ones. Yeah, it was funny. I, I, I laughed Aaron Sorkin lot. seasons. <laughs> I know. The, so she watched one through four. We knew that. And I'm yeah. like, it's just, it's funny. That that reference was funny. That was very funny. And I think that that is all of my cute. I don't know if you have any. No, I really, I really don't. Okay. December was a bad month. Oh, it's not. Come on. All right. Uh, that is our discussion then for Leave the World Behind. Now it is time for a Forever Fangirls rating. A drum roll, please. We rate Leave the World Behind, our 100th episode. Yay! Yay! 2.5 stars. Yeah, I, I think that basically is 2.5 stars because the themes and the the needling and, and information and all of that of what it could have been is powerful. The execution is poor. The themes are powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but going into like, is it going to be a success? If it, I have no idea. There's no uh, information for box office mode. Oh, look at that. No information. None. Oh, my gosh. Am I asking for transparency from a streaming <laughs> platform? What? So I really don't know. I mean, when we watched it at the time, we watched it at the time of this airing. It was number one on their top films. But mm-hmm. I mean, that changes whenever they launch something else. So I I don't know. Err. Yep. Roll, roll. So on that note, I'm just going to say I have no clue. Um, maybe, maybe not. I Until they release the, the numbers of streaming, if they paid for it, I don't know if they were the producers or whatever, until we know the budget, until we know all that, I, I really have no idea. But like my wife said, the themes and the premise of this film uh, are very thought-provoking. However, when you present something this dark, you need to give it to people in what I would consider an easily digestible format. And what I mean by that is that it is a heavy, heavy topic. You can't slam it in their face like a pie because then it just splashes everywhere and nothing gets ingested. You need to hand them a piece at a time and you need to do it where they don't realize they're eating the whole damn pie. And that doesn't mean that you don't make it uncomfortable. Because in order for people to learn, grow, and be affected, sometimes they need to be uncomfortable. Uh But 
the spinning shots, the drawn-out story, the caricature-type people that the film presented to us was so formulaic, it didn't hold my attention. The only thing that I truly garnered 100% emphatically from this film, besides that we have to support each other, Mm. is that animals always know. They do. We assume that animals are below us and, and maybe they are on the food chain and maybe, you know, they communicate in a different way we can't understand. But they're more in tune with the planet, with the universe than we are. And maybe it's time we stop fighting and start listening. Yeah, I agree with that. And in addition, I think if the film were a little bit tighter with some of the open questions answered, I think that this would have been a very powerful film. I really do. And I don't think we mentioned it, but you know, we, we didn't read the book. No. Right? And so it's possible that the book might be presenting this information differently. I don't know. But maybe if I did read the book, it would feel different. So just read that. Enemy. I have read Enemy you three read times. Again. Read The Hunger Games, the original trilogy. I've read that. You're like, just read something else. If I do have a lot of time to kill, I think I might actually just read the book just to see. All right, well, you'll have to let me know. To to satisfy my curiosity. I'm just going to read The Hunger Games again. Okay. So The delivery just wasn't there. Don't slam a pie in my face. Okay. Just give me a pumpkin pie a piece at a time. I'll have a tummy ache, which will make me uncomfortable, but I'll digest (laughs) it all. But you'll learn your lesson, right? Exactly. That's the point. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be our show for today, folks. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to our review of Leave the World Behind, our 100th episode. I really, I cannot express how much that means to us that you have tuned in all this time. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us here at the Forever Fangirls podcast, we have several ways you can do that. Just go to our website, foreverfangirls.com. You can find our social media accounts, a contact form to email us, easy access to subscribing and leaving a review. And you can even now just donate a little bit of money and buy us a coffee if you want the podcast to keep going. Yay. That's cool. Yes, it is. Or buy me tea. I don't drink coffee. You get the point. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember. Amanda says, quote, I think we know we're living a lie, an agreed-upon mass delusion to help us ignore and keep ignoring how awful we really are, end quote. But what makes us human is the ability to change for the better. We just need to find the willpower and the courage to do so. (laughs) 